going live. All right. Recording has commenced. I bet it has as I stare at your tissue paper profile picture over here on Skype. Hey, man. Nobody wants your tissue paper feelings, so shut the fuck up. (laughs) We're already off on the right foot right now. There you go. So, what do you want? What do I want? (laughs) Yeah, what do you you want? Where to begin? I mean... (laughs) You want to start football? You want to start hockey? Where where you want to start, bro? You tell me. Make your choice. Lock, lock yourself up. All right. Let's start with football because a bunch of shit is it's kind of hit the fan today. And uh, the league came down with a bunch of new regulations that they're going to impose on the players. And obviously the shitstorm of uh, bitch festing has, has already commenced. So um, they're trying to get people to wear shields, dude. Do you see that? Okay, so they're getting. You're talking about the players to wear shields, like yeah. completely over their faces. All right. Okay, yes. that's one step. Uh, okay, uh, if it's a form of protection and it's actually been tested, then and it doesn't complicate on their breathing or anything like that, then what's the issue? Well, that's the problem. I mean, a lot of these guys. That's why they don't wear shields. You know, and what happens if it's raining? You know, I don't know if you've ever worn a shield on a on a helmet before, but when it rains, man, it fogs up. You can't see shit. It's, you can't it's, see shit when it's raining anyway. What's the what's the excuse? Oh, because that's not up? true. That's not true. When you're not when you're when you're not wearing a shield and it rains, man, you're good to go. But when you wear a shield, man, it sucks. I've had to cut it off in the middle of a game before. Okay. You know, now you got guys saying that they're not going to play and this and that. Like, it's already started. And then they came oh. down afterwards and they, they, they laid they laid some other groundwork. They said, you know, obviously we knew this was coming. There's going to be no media in the locker rooms after. Um, yeah. But the players are not allowed to exchange jerseys or meet in the middle of the field after the game. Wow. Okay. So you can't shake hands. You can't meet afterwards. Uh, people are going to be complaining about a shield and everything like that. How the hell is this supposed to work when you're lined up, offensive line, defensive line, guys piling on top of each other, so on and so forth, on the sidelines, uh, no people in the stands and everything like that. So you're putting in all of these things into place for what at this stage? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Yeah, I think well, that that's is really what people yeah. are complaining about because, you know, you have these guys going 11 on 11, you know, for a full game, tackling each other, blocking, you know, and then all of a sudden at the end of the game, they, they, they have the cooties and you can't go near them. It makes no sense. And, oh, you know, it makes as much sense as uh, sending kids back to school, uh, having them be six feet apart and everything like that. How are you going to tell a six-year-old to stay in his spot or yeah. whenever he has to go potty or something like that? So this is all... You know, you know what this is, dude, like, hey, whether it be sports or anything like that, it's like America set up the infrastructure for a burning building, but you're still inside the burning building, you know? It's, it's a bunch of people laying down regulations and trying to come up with the right answer for a question that nobody knows what the hell is happening yet. Well, and- the problem is, Mike, and let me interject over here, it's just too much trying to negotiate with a virus and with a pandemic right now. Maybe if we do this, maybe if we do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of sports. I love sports. I travel to your beautiful country every, every single year to watch hockey, to watch football, to watch baseball, whatever it is, because the whole essence of watching sports is to get everyone together, 
you know, give me an excuse to come and see your ugly face too as well so we can go and buy a seat and, and just enjoy the whole freedom of playing a game. But this is not fun anymore. This is not fun because we're talking about trying to negotiate within a new way of living currently right now with this thing. And hopefully if everything goes well, we'll be able to, you know, pass, uh, pass over this and maybe learn some, uh, uh, you know, learn some stuff and everything. But still, at the same time, everyone is rushing to open up, rushing to open, rushing to get back to normal, rushing to do all of these things. But what purpose does it serve if we don't have all of the information currently right now? So we're just forcing people and risking them to jump in, to jump into the fray and try, try to make believe that we're back to normal right now because this is the time where baseball is here and training camp. And uh, for hockey, we're uh, talking about, okay, the next season, we just pass over the uh, free agency. Training camps are supposed to be opening up uh, 2019 and everything before it is done. So here we are right now trying to negotiate something with a virus that doesn't give a shit right now whether or not you're a republican you're a democrat you're a sports fan any of this shit well forget about the political aspect of this for a second let's just stick with the basics of the sports i mean you're 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 looking at uh basketball and hockey who have shut down their operation in march and here we are july and for whatever reason i still can't you know figure it out for the life of me they want to finish the season and it's going to impact the next season and the season after that based on the, the the preliminary start dates that both of those sports want. Hockey is projected to start now on December 1st as a tentative date. I saw that article this morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fo- uh, basketball is looking around Christmas. OK, so what does that do for the rest of the year? Are they going to play a shortened season next year just to make up for that? I think, honestly, football was in the best position. Their season ended right before all of this happened. And then they had an opportunity to sit back and watch the other sports and how they handle it. Now, due to contract negotiations with the league, due to the, the, the players and some of their, their issues, this has obviously delayed it to a point where nothing has started yet. I mean, we're having, you know, practice squad games in baseball, which is awesome. It's great to see. And then Tanaka gets his face punched in. So, you know, it's just <laughs> you're sitting here trying to find a recipe. And I, look, I, I'll, I'll, I'm a huge sports fan. You know that. And I'll sit yeah. here and argue till I'm blue in the face that this country, specifically the U.S., needs sports back. It should have been an essential business. It should have been an essential component. Now, is it worth that to put the players lives at risk? No, of course not. But you got to find a formula that gets this back into play. Because it's a distraction that everybody needs right now. And we've talked about this before. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to reiterate the same points over and over again. But I think that whoever pulls the trigger first is going to make a lot of mistakes. Now, I'll give you an example. Look at MLS right now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. My uh, God. What a what a shit show right now. What yeah. a shit show is right. But this is exactly what could happen in all of the other sports once they get back online. Now. You know, you got a, a few guys on a squad that get this shit. It starts spreading in the locker room. And all of a sudden that team has to, you know, that entire team has to bow out. Yeah. Now, that is extremely possible in a, in a sport like football when you have 32 teams. I mean, hockey and basketball are going to be regulated to their to these two hub cities or these hub cities. And those guys are going to be kept in a bubble. But mm-hmm. football's going to be traveling around the country. They actually anticipate to have fans. Whether that's going to happen or not, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. Each team is coming out with their own particular reports on on whether you know the the regulations that they're going to impose for fans in the stadium. 
I saw an article earlier. It was pretty it cracked me up. Uh, some Steeler fans are, are trying to convince the team that the terrible towel is a face mask. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I give respect to people for trying to get creative, especially during this time right now, and to really try to maintain the whole uh, fan experience of the whole thing. But, like, obviously, it's, like, a lot to unpackage uh, currently, uh, like, based on what you had just presented. But, like, yeah, getting to MLS, I think you're right in the sense that a lot of the uh, other major sports are kind of waiting on, you know, some other entity to uh, run points and to try to see how a reopening would work. Uh, mind you, having all of the you know, proper protocols that are in place, the testing methods, and so on and so forth, because we want everyone to be safe. It's no fun if you want to go and truly experience what it is to, have, to, to enjoy the American dream, the freedom of going to the ballpark or the football field and sit and not have to worry and put your life on pause and watch a bunch of professionals who are the best in the game apply their craft for your entertainment. If we're starting to now involved well you got to do this well you got to be six feet apart well you got to be wearing the mask well you got to do this and the players too have to be constantly involved is it worth it is it actually worth it to put not just the players but the people that will be you know watching this uh whether live in the stadium or not or anything like that is it worth it to be putting these people at risk just for our entertainment I mean, look, it's a job just like anybody else's, right? Then make the argument on why a, a bus driver has to go out and do his job. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily – I mean, you got to remember, there's a whole element to this whole pandemic and problem that nobody's really factoring in, and that's mental health and stability. Yeah, and you, you brought that up a lot of times. You have to tap into that at some capacity. Now, look, I, I don't know how many people have watched every damn movie and show on Netflix already. But there's no I mean, with the exception of reruns and the sports programs running reruns of shit that happened, you know, a decade ago or 30 years ago. And I mean, what's the point? You're sitting yeah. watching sports. Yeah. You're reliving a past. I mean, that's that's essentially where True. we're at right now. Yeah, so, that's it. But uh, luckily, I'm, I'm sorry for interjecting and everything, because I kind of know where you're going with this. As far as, yeah, you know, there's only so many replays that we can watch in so many old movies. I try to think like our grandparents, basically, where we didn't have 8,000 channels, direct TV and streaming and stuff like that. Like here up in, in Canada and Montreal and everything, we only had two English channels back in the day, 6 and 12. So you only got to catch the hockey game every Saturday in English. And then you would have to shift over to the French channels, which is like another handful and stuff like that. What do they do? Were they freaking out because they couldn't see Maurice Rocker Richard uh, start the Richard riots back in 55? live on television or listening to it on the radio. No, they occupy their time. Yeah, build yeah, they, a garden or something like that. Built, you know, the, like that's, well, built a garden. You have eight days of the year where you can build a garden in Canada. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, pretty much. That's a good point. All right. I, well, you, look, you, got you, know, that you build the fucking same puzzles over and over again. You find ways to occupy your time. The difference now is, is that there's so much information at everybody's fingertips I mean, it's it's impossible not to read the same shit over and over and over again just because there is nothing else. There's no movies. There's no shows. There's no sports. There's no games. There's nothing. There's none of that. I know, and, but if you're, you know, if, you're, if you're relying on social media or any of this stuff to, like, entertain you, it's just going to be a vicious cycle. Well, like, that's I, Because everyone's talking about the same thing, my man. Like, that's pretty much it. Everyone's on the same subject. Uh, a lot of a lot of division, especially like just speaking with sports, there's like a large segment of the population is just like, no, let's figure out this pandemic first and then we can get back to normal. But trying to figure this whole thing out, 
you know, while trying to negotiate with the pandemic, while trying to, you know, uh, make sure that everyone is happy, healthy, and, and so on and so forth. Because, like, listen, you've got half your population that is going to be struggling, uh, whether it be health or financial. And how is that supposed to enhance the whole sporting experience? For the fans, well, if either people can afford to go or stick to go. To your point on social media, it increases the interactions on shit people can bitch at each other about. I mean, look, you know, one of the one of one of the things that I hold dear to our friendship is that no matter what, I can call you up and bitch about something in sports, whether it's your stupid team or my clown team. And you know, <laughs> we have a it's, solid it's foundation of hate, Mike. Like we have yes, a solid and it's built. It's built. It's built a great friendship and a great brotherhood. And frankly, look, I, I attribute a lot of that to sports, man, and yeah. our our passion on sports and our love of the games and 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 analyzing shit from you know the couch that the couch quarterbacks that we are and you know I, I again i just think that that's an element and i realize that it's the summertime and it's typically baseball time um but with all the shit going down on trying to figure all this out for football which is set to start in a month let's not forget about that slated not to start now whether they're going to have preseason i doubt it I think that they're just going to try to let this blow over as much as possible. But yeah, I you know, uh, the NFLPA they basically asked uh, the league to you know bypass the uh, uh, the uh, preseason games and even the uh, Hall of Fame game that 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 got canceled too yeah, as well. Too, man. And, and so, that's it. And it's just it's so weird for us, Mike. It really is because like throughout our entire life, everything has been fuck, uh, has been routine. Now we're watching baseball. We're getting ready for football. We're getting ready for hockey. Eventually, we're getting ready for basketball. Throughout the course of our 36, 37 years on this planet, that's always been the framework. So now, of course, like us, like just individually, you and I, and of course, our, uh, our ilk and everything who is, you know, on the vein right now that really wants this sports content, like this is the first time that we have experienced anything like this before. So yeah, it is a bit of a struggle it is. And uh, listen, you know, like re respect to the leagues for like trying to figure this out. The thing is, is that I would not rush it because you want to get it right. Because well, the worst thing that could happen for any league right now is that you put all these things in place. And then God forbid, like we're, like we're seeing right now with MLS, that there is a breakout on one of the teams. Then what happens? You know, they have to forfeit the rest of the year or we're going to get a bunch of spare players. Or if it really has a ripple effect, are they going to be forced to shut down? How is that supposed to recover afterwards if, like, let's just say 50% of the league, they end up uh, 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 getting the COVID and everything, like, gradually through, as the weeks progress and it's traveling and all this other stuff? What's going to happen? It's the same thing like opening up an economy just to shut it down again. Like, wow, like, that, that, would, be, that would be really, really hard. Well, in my or, so look at look at the look at the look at the root of each sport. OK, I mean, we'll use hockey because, you know, I'll sit here and argue till I'm blue in the face that the Stanley Cup is the most prized possession in all of sports. Oh, and yeah. It's, it's one of the hardest trophies to win, if not the hardest. It has the most history, lineage and overall respect, not just in hockey, but from other sports as well. And Sidebar, we're not talking about the great cup that actually has more history, but whatever. I digress. Anyway, go ahead. Canadian <laughs> football. Uh, are they starting, by the way? No, no, not at all. And you know what? It, it's weird because, you know what? We're seeing the strides that hockey is making right now. Would it be best to, like, I don't know, maybe for MLB and for 
And for the NFL, I know it's kind of short notice and everything, but like remove the hub cities or something like that and ship them into an area like in North America. Maybe they can make uh, make a deal with the country of Canada just to like, I don't know, set up space in Canada for them to play the game. Like have the hub cities in Canada because we're doing fairly well on our end. We're seeing less and less new cases. Uh, people are getting back into the groove. Granted, yes, here in Quebec specifically, uh, we did open up our economy. We saw some flare-ups uh down in the uh, south, uh southern portion of uh, montreal like off island and stuff like that uh quebec government came in and they said okay well listen people are learning right now so we're closing the bars again so that's it as of tonight thursday and everything at midnight they're closing down the bars yet again so obviously that's a big like uh hoopla that's going on well this as far is as, like western canada yeah, go ahead. this is gonna be a roller coaster across all all, all aspects no matter where you are i think right. that's really the, the thing here there's no there's no one country that's completely open and say hey we beat it we have zero cases i i don't i don't i don't see well, it was that. new zealand <laughs> yeah. new zealand actually yeah yeah well that's it like they they took a very hard-nosed approach okay so much, look much like, let, me get back to, let me get back to my point on the sports side sure. of it okay so you're talking about the stanley cup which is you know again what i had mentioned the 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 most prized possession in sports you're going to take a situation like this, okay, where you have X number of teams that will not be traveling. They will not be enduring the travel uh, fatigue that comes with winning that trophy. Yeah. Is this year's champion going to ha hold the same prestige as every other champion that has come before this? Yes. Ah, you know what? It has to be. No. It has to be. I don't think be. so because it's different. Taking a three to four month break. Then all of a sudden you're taking these teams and you're putting them in two respective locations and you're giving them a round robin tournament to figure out what position they're actually going to be in to go after the cup. So you're taking away 82 games of, of, of seeding opportunities and you're compressing it after a three and a half month um, layoff. So, and then you're going to ask them to go through the gauntlet of the playoffs in the same city. So, yeah. I, I can't sit here and, and and for the life of me, and I get it, there's contractual obligations, there's mm -hmm. player contracts, there's everything that, that has to go into the fact on why they're actually having the rest of the season. But what's mind-numbing to me is they've canceled seasons. They've canceled entire seasons. They've canceled seasons yeah. half through seasons for player yeah. contract negotiations. Mm -hmm. Something that is easily avoidable, easily fixable. This is not. This is something that obviously nobody has control over. So why are you, uh, to your point, why are you rushing into it when all of a sudden it could lead to further problems? Now, in baseball, for example, players have the option to not play. True. But they okay. also that also means they don't get compensated. Of course not. But you don't yeah. do your job, you don't get compensated. But you know what? Right. Uh, just like the rest of the country that's that that, that eventually got laid off, there's going to be other opportunities that they can get themselves involved in in the meantime. Meanwhile, they have the peace of mind of keeping them and their family safe. Now, to, to, to skate back to your point on football being in hub cities in Canada, not in Canada, whatever, um, playing – Canadian playing football in Canada in December, no fucking chance. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, if you guys like uh, fucking for, for great all our American fans, yeah, for all our American fans who are going to be listening to this right now, just imagine uh, games in Green Bay every week. <laughs> like that's pretty much it. 
worse. So pretty much that, that's that's out of the question. That's number one. Number two, you cannot sit here and ask a player, his family, and everybody to stay in the same goddamn bubble for four months. It's not possible. Baseball's doing it in their own parks, in their mm-hmm. own respective stadiums. Uh, Basketball is only in Orlando, and already that's creating fucking problems. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. You see, in that canter after he pulls it up, it's like, look at this meal. I mean, How am I supposed to eat this? I'm an athlete. An athlete gets a fucking fruit cup. Uh, I mean, uh, at the hospital. But, you know, and I love how it comes with the card that, like, you know, basically, you know, outlines exactly what nutritious meal they have to open. <laughs> uh, absolutely hilarious. But it's just, Mike, yeah, everyone is everyone is trying their best. They really are. They're trying their best, like trying to navigate through this unique situation, trying to provide entertainment and sports and stuff like that. So at least there we can get back to that taste of normalcy. That's yeah, what it is. But I we, mean, but we, need, but we yeah, but we all collectively need to say and understand and everything that it's going to be a tough, difficult road to get back to normalcy. Can, is there a way to figure out that can we battle this pandemic while still preventing, uh, pr- providing sports and entertainment the way that we used to? Well, that's going to come down to them to figure it out. And listen, to me personally, I think baseball should be because it's already a naturally social distancing, you know, sport and everything. Now what you have to do is prevent the players from going out and going to the bars and uh, hooking up with whomever or something like that. You know, we saw that you know, with baseball, we're seeing that with football as well. You try to tell a 23-year-old, 24-year-old athlete in his prime millionaire to stay in that bubble. Are you well, serious? I, I don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem because, you know, don't forget, baseball players, they, they play mini series, right? So yeah. they'll travel to a uh, – and I haven't looked at the new schedule. I'm, I'm almost positive it's still little mini series. Um, but I, I, I think the bigger issue with baseball – uh, is going to be these players in and out of hotels, in and out of airports, traveling to the other other side of the country, possibly traveling to, uh, you know, either current or future hotspots of this shit. That's right. Uh, you know, I, am I worried about them going out to bars, nightclubs and restaurants? No, because that shit isn't open. You know, the, exactly like that's everything, it, but like, is, everything is being shut down. And I think that's right. going to be part of the collective bargaining uh, agreement for this little uh, you know, shortened season. But again, look, as important as it is, and I, I want it to come back, I need it to come back. This country needs it to come back. Yeah. What problems are they going to face? The answer is unknown because yeah. no, no, no sport has done it yet. MMA has done it, but they've done it in a specific way where they, they too have a hub location and they minimize yeah. the amount of, uh, of personnel within the building. Granted, it's, it. it's it's a it's a individual on individual combat sport. Right. But I, I will say this, but for USC, they have done a very, very, very good job. It was a it was a tough beginning for them, but it seems like they have it perfected right now as far as the testing is concerned, as far as keeping people separated so that everyone within uh, the uh, whatever the environment that they're in, whether they're going to be at the uh, the fight island uh, that uh, Dana White set up or if they're doing it in Vegas as far as limiting the amount of people that are over there so that, you know, they can have a nice, healthy environment. So if everyone checks out, great, man, we throw the two fighters in there, 
make sure that everyone is separated. They do their thing, rock and roll. So it seems like UFC has a solid plan. WWE down in Florida or something like that. Okay, so they, it was labeled as an essential business uh, by DeSantis and everything. So they started doing it. From what I had heard, they were doing regular checks for COVID, but then they had a breakout recently about two weeks ago, uh, like approximately 20 employees or something, a handful of wrestlers, uh, uh, announcers, uh, training staff and stuff like that. So it turns out that they weren't doing uh, a, a thorough vet or, or testing or anything like that to which they got slammed for it. And then their competition, this new wrestling organization that started up called AEW, it's from like some guys, uh, uh, Tony Khan, actually, it's uh, Shad Khan's uh, son, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars owner, him with a bunch of other wrestlers. They started a new organization. They have been sticking to the letter of the law and everyone's been happy about it. So they've been carrying on and doing their life to air stuff. That needs to happen for any of these sports. Like seriously, dude, like they got to go and they got to take that Q-tip and jam it up your nose into your brain. Uh, take whatever blood test or anything times a week. That's, that's without a doubt. And again, the, the personnel that's actually required to operate a sports is pretty intensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the equipment, with all the, the training staff, with, with all the coaching staff, sure. with ownership. Um, and then you, then you include some of the media side that obviously has to be there to report what the hell is happening since there's no fans. I mean, yeah. there's, there's going to have to be some sort of, um, uh, testing procedure that's that's fairly standard across whatever respective sport, yeah. whatever respective building. But mm-hmm. anyway, look, you know, the, the, the virus is going to have its impact. I want to talk real quick about our uh, the, the, the latest uh, half a billionaire. Um, oh. <laughs> and you know, again, you want to you want to compare it to what we were just discussing. I mean, obviously, obviously, Kansas City is not they're they're concerned. They're, they're not concerned with. Um, this having a long-term impact because they just basically gave uh, they gave this guy everything. I mean, yeah. there's no other way to put it. Does he deserve it? Absolutely. But oh, I saw yeah. I saw an, uh, I saw a funny article. It was eight things that he can now buy with a 503 million dollar contract. <laughs> yeah, I did you saw see that this? too. I did, but I saw the the gift or something. There was a gift. Uh, I think that was attached to that story where someone had uh, had announced uh, like, okay, so the gift is a bunch of uh, Kansas City players that are just bringing their bags in. But, oh, isn't that nice? Kansas City teammates bringing in uh, Patrick Mahomes' money. And yeah, they're so just carrying the shit in. By 40% of the bills. Um, <laughs> you know, who the fuck wants that shit? Uh, oh, man. He could buy 12 NHL teams. <laughs> One yeah, of oh NHL teams. That's, how, that's, that's crazy to me. I can't believe that 12 teams are, are worth below that amount of money. Uh, well, okay, one of the teams is probably Arizona, and that's like split within the team, uh, within the league, or something like ownership sharing or something like that. But yeah, like comparatively, he can he can buy a, he can buy an entire minor hockey league, dude. Like seriously, like as far as it goes, like we both agree, Pat Mahomes, yes, he has earned that contract. He got face of the league contract money right there. We know it. He is without a doubt the face of the league. So what do you want to do, especially with Kansas City? You know, you're Kansas City, you have this gem. You know that before this actual contract kicks in, they, they're they probably in line to win another Super Bowl, whether it be this year, if there is a year, or even next year. Once this new contract kicks in, oh boy, they're going to have to be very flexible as far as their salary cap is concerned. But I don't know if you actually looked at the whole breakdown of the entire contract. It, it actually favors both entities. It's sure. not one of those, yeah, it's not actually one of those where it's like, oh my God, Kansas City, they gave him the moon and this guy can literally mail it in for the rest of his career and he's still going to get that money. It's no. very incentivized. 
Yes, exactly. Because in order for them, uh, if there's an opt-out on both the player side and the team side, I believe after year five or year six or something like that. So if Pat Mahomes continues to be consistent, business as usual, they are going to re-up. Everyone is going to be happy. But if Pat Mahomes is like, I'm actually outperforming what I previously did over the last six years, very difficult for him to do that. But still, crazier, crazier things have happened. Pat Mahomes in year six can opt out of his contract. Sure. He can. He, can. he can opt out and, and demand more money. Or if he wants, he goes as a free agent and then, hey, go to the highest bidder. But this is all advantageous across the board because it gives assurances uh, to Kansas City just in case if something should happen to Pat Mahomes injury related or he's just like he's not doing the job uh, based on uh, how they expected him to or anything like that. So then they have the opportunity to opt out. Same thing for Pat Mahomes, too, as well. And now the thing is, is that how old is he? 24, 25? Yeah, oh, MVP oh. of the league, Super Bowl champion, MVP of the Super Bowl. I mean, they, 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 they've, they've locked him in as a franchise and a, a Hall of Fame-style quarterback for their franchise forever. There's but, no... But, but, yeah, but the big thing is, is that once that contract expires and everything, he could still line himself up for another big money deal. For of course. Contract. Of course. And, you know, a lot's got to happen between now and then for him to prove that he deserves that. But I think the onus right now, uh, you know, this was a big step that that they were able to get done in a, in an uncertain time. So good for Pat, good for the Chiefs and their fans. But, you yeah. know, I, I really think that it's on the Chiefs now to continuously yeah. try to figure out the talent pool that they need to surround him with in order for him to um not necessarily come through on all the incentives for his side of the contract, but to put him in a position to, to spend the rest of his career here. And, you know, how long Andy, maybe Andy Reid doesn't, doesn't coach that long. I mean, that's a huge component of this as well. Yeah. Um, That's actually, that's actually a very good point, Mike. Will Andy Reid see the end of this contract? Um, you know, well, listen, you know, he just got his first taste of, of, of actual victory, right? So um, as a head coach, you know, that changes the, the dynamic a little bit. I mean, well, you know, yeah. coaches could coach, you know, forever. But the, 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 the revolving door on coaching in today's NFL compared to what it was is the constant evolution of the game. Mm-hmm. So failure is never an option. If Pat, ha- if Pat Mahomes has a bad year or two runs of a bad year. Um, does that end Andy Reid's reign? Is, mm. is Andy Reid responsible for Pat Mahomes' success? That's a great question. I that mean, is actually a great question. I can't even answer that question right well, now. Well, look because, at Tom Coughlin. I mean, this is a yeah. guy that rebuilt the entire infrastructure of defensive lines. He started it in Jacksonville and then moved it up to New York, and his focus mm-hmm. was defensive lines. And then, you know, you have Eli come in and, you know, Granted, the situation on, you know, where they were seated and and how they got to where they were, they hoisted that trophy twice. And, you know, Tom, Tom kind of got the brunt end of the stick when when Eli started to falter and when it failed to draft properly, they signed ridiculous contracts to stupid people. Um, The team just couldn't gel. And the, Eli's, Eli's performance started to dwindle and he, his interception rate went up and the yeah. evolution of the game changed around him. And Tom got the first, you know, he was in front line and he got he got it first. And yeah. Eli, he really never 
took the back seat until the team said, look, we got no choice but to move on. That's, that's it. But you know the NFL, Mike. They like their legacies, of course. Mannings, you know, like, it, it, believe me, we knew that Coughlin was going to take the fall way before Eli would ever take the fall. And, you know, we, we all know the, you know, checkered history between Coughlin and the ownership group and the Maras and stuff like that. It wasn't a pretty relationship throughout the entire tenure. You know, two uh, very competitive entities and everything. Obviously, Coughlin wanted to do it his way. Mara, at the time, they wanted to, you know, change it up just a little bit and see where they were going to go. But there was no way that they were going to let Eli Manning cut or anything like that and go to another team to play out a thing. Was that the right move or the wrong move at the end of the day? Who knows? Like, we're seeing Tom Brady now. He's going to be playing in a, uh, in, in a Tampa Bay jersey. So, you know, maybe uh, if the Giants would have said, you know what, let's, let's start looking towards the future a little bit. Let's draft as far as rebuilding the O-line is concerned. I think that was Coughlin's plan, but it just never came to pass. So it's unfortunate that he was, uh, he was the one who was thrown under the bus first. And then obviously he made his way back to Jacksonville. And now it was like Jacksonville let him go and stuff like that. So it could have just been a case of uh, the game passing him by. But as it relates back over to Andy Reid, there are so uh, Andy Reid and the Chiefs, there are so many elements, so many variables that go into whether or not a coach is going to be on the hot seat or not. Because if Pat Mahomes is doing the job, but the defense shifts the bed afterwards, then who's going to be blamed? Is it going to be Andy Reid or is it going to be the defensive coordinator? Well, you know, like an all It's a team. It's a team yeah. sport. I mean, you know, Pat Mahomes right. is Pat Mahomes. And, you know, there's so much right. there's so much praise and, and responsibility put on the quarterback only, literally only because they touch the ball on every down. And that's – or, you know, every offensive down. But, you know, the truth is there's five guys in front of him that have to prevent him from getting hit and allow him to do his job. There's a receiving core that has to do the proper routes and make sure that they catch the ball and obviously give him the touchdowns that he needs. There's a running game that has to complement the passing game. And then on the other side of the ball, they have to keep keep the ball in his hands. So they have to constantly get that ball off the field and back into the offensive hands for him to be able to do his job. So, look, again, they built a nucleus. It starts with Pat. And Andy Reid is a huge component of that. Now, can any coach coach Pat Mahomes? Maybe. I mean, who knows? I mean, the NFL has evolved to a point where, you know, a mobile quarterback is 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 always game. And I think you need a coaching staff that has the ability to to coach that, too. I mean, the pocket presence quarterback is great. Um, and I, I think that no matter what, a backup quarterback, you know, should be a complementary to that particular style and not necessarily the same. Yeah, so, big time. And, and I think that the evolution of Pat Mahomes, I think that it honestly, if he wasn't, if he was drafted anywhere else, he has not seen that contract, no matter what, because Andy Reid is the quarterback whisperer. We know that. We saw it in, we saw it with the Green Bay when he was the quarterback coach with, uh, 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 for Brett Favre. Then he made the transition over to Philadelphia and he made Donovan McNabb look like a half competent quarterback until he finally got, uh, What's his face? Michael Vick and everything. Then we got to see what, like, someone with talent and actual vision and stuff like that. And obviously, evolving the game of Michael Vick at his age to have a very successful uh, campaign, a very successful couple of years. Same thing with Nick Foles. And then, obviously, he went over to KC. He he ramped up Alex Smith and everything. Alex Smith actually became a competent quarterback under under the guise of of Andy Reid. And now Pat Mahomes comes in, sits on the bench for the first year, comes in towards the end. Learning the ways, I read, I read something funny that he only started to really read offenses, or sorry, read defenses properly 
halfway through the 2018 campaign during his MVP year. That is insane, Mike. That is absolutely insane that a guy with such a pure talent like Pat Mahomes and everything doesn't have the, doesn't have the vision, doesn't have the whole X's and the O's down, but just on pure raw talent was able to make stuff happen. And then you had the quarterback whisperer and Andy Reid, you know, fine tune him and get him to the point that where he is right now. So between you and I, as far as it goes, if the, if the Chiefs shit the bed for the next two years, I think Andy Reid has earned not a very long leash, but a, a, enough of a leash. I think so, too. I I mean, look, you know, uh, we we live in a month to month league, right, where success is dictated on a month to month basis. And, you know, it puts people in the hot seat very quickly Um, to Alex Smith's defense. He was run out of San Francisco. He was a great quarterback in San Francisco. He was a huge reason why they got to the Super Bowl that year against Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, either way, I want to I want to kind of shift from, you know, talking about Pat Mahomes and that deal back into the NFC East, because, you know, look, look, the NFC East is going to be a rebuilding division. I mean, mm-hmm. Philly is, you know, who knows what the hell they're going to do. Uh, the Washington, whatever you want to call them now, because <laughs> the Washington TBDs, yeah. <laughs> the TBDs, TBDs um, they're, they're still a work in progress. And now you have the whole, the whole circus down in Dallas that, you know, Dak is, you know, he's going to demand a contract. Does he deserve 503 million fucking dollars? But I'm telling you right now, mark my words, the topic of discussion heading into the season is all going to be based on, uh, Jerry's Jerry and Dak finding a a middle ground to figure out a contract and Dak and his agent are going to start making comparisons to Pat Mahomes and this deal. And that's not, that's not fair for the Cowboys, their fans. Because if I'm Jerry, I'm just like, where's your MVP? Where's my Super Bowl? Where's your Super Bowl MVP? Get out of here. Like that's, that's what I would say. It's like, listen, you know what? Dak Prescott, he's a good quarterback. I'm not going to say it. I, I can't stand the Cowboys. You know me. All right, but he's a good quarterback. Is he is he top five? I don't think so. Top no ten? Way. No Maybe way. Maybe you can make the argument or something he's like in that. The top half of the league, you can make that argument. But I would not say he's a top five quarterback in this league. I'm not saying he's a top five. No way. Top ten, you could probably make the argument. Maybe and everything, but for sure he's in the top fifteen. Okay, and you know yeah, what? He's in the top half of the league. I'll say that. The benefit for Dak Prescott and even for Deshaun Watson right now is timing. That's what it is. It's timing because you know what you're getting out of me and Dak and, and Houston, you know what you're getting out of me with, with Deshaun Watson. Are you ready right now to make a fundamental change or a shift or anything like that to jettison either one of those guys out of your roster when you know full well that they are plugged into their respective rosters? On a chance on a rookie when you know it's going to take him about a couple of years to get into the groove afterwards. So this is a very favorable position for these two guys. Are they going to get $45 million a year salary? No fucking way. There is no way that either one of those guys are going to get $45 million a year. Watson, Watson, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past the the Texans. I really wouldn't. Just because there's... At at this stage, because they got rid of Hopkins, their highest salaried... uh, uh, employee and everything and sent them packing to Arizona for a sandwich and hopes and dreams. Yeah. yeah. You have, they have the money. They actually yeah, have I the think money. They're, they're, they're going to have to spend that in some way, shape or form. And, um, you know, Watt's been hurt 
a lot over the last couple of years. And that's another think, thing that pisses me off with the Texans. You know what? J.J. Watt, they could have traded him. They could have kept uh, they could have kept Clowney. They even could have kept um, no, no, wait, they signed uh, Tunsil and everything. So, yeah, they made that trade and what have you. But seriously, Watt, man, OK, great representative. But this is one of those things where it's like you're showing a little too much loyalty, in my in my opinion. Like J.J. Watt is a fantastic end yeah, he did. He did. He, I mean, dude, what was he two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year? Oh yeah, yeah, but that's it. But what have you done for me lately? Okay, like, fine. I, again, I'll, to my I'll, point, I'll he's been respect. hurt. I'll, I'll give Watt respect. He he was a gamer in uh, the playoff game that Houston played. Uh, they played uh, Buffalo. My God, what a game! That was a fantastic football game from start to finish. And JJ Watt, who came back from injury and everything, was a factor in that game. So yes. You know, like if he would have had that Super Bowl or something or that really good Houston run, cool. But the thing is, is that he has a shitty contract and a shitty contract in the sense that the salary cap is complicating things right now. So whatever the hell Bill O'Brien is doing right now, sending a top three wide receiver, in my opinion, you can make the argument that DeAndre Hopkins is the best, but Mm. definitely within the top three, right? He's top three. I wouldn't say he's the best. No, I'm not saying that he's the best, but he's in the he's in the general elite category, along with Michael Thomas, along with Julio. You could consider Odell, even though the the numbers really don't support it. Boy, in Tampa's stock just skyrocketed. Mike Evans, you're talking about? Yeah, hell yeah, him and Godwin too. They they are going to be that's going to be the team to watch. But anyway, I got. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just. Sticking with the point on Watt, I mean, he was the one that actually came out and started complaining about the visors and the helmet. So he might not even play. He's threatening not to play. So, you know, man, again, everything is a coin flip right now. All we're doing is speculating on what could happen. But we don't know what Mm -hmm. elements that these guys are going to have to deal with either. So, you know, look, football, football, I, I need it to come back. We all do. But. Under the right conditions, it's got to be it's 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 got to happen. So, look, Chicago made some pretty nice moves in the offseason and uh, interesting. <laughs> <like it's>, uh, <laughs> Chicago trading for that crap contract for Nick Foles. Well, yeah, all man. the respect, all the respect in the world for Nick Foles as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. This guy could shoot someone on South start, Street. Man. He needed a fresh oh, yeah. start. Jacksonville was not the answer. It wasn't. No, it, it wasn't. But listen, they gave him uh, a really good contract. You can't say no to that contract. Like, listen, at the end of the day, he's getting paid. Respect to Nick. You can come back to Philly anytime. All right. South Street, you can shoot someone in the face. You're going to have a bunch of people who didn't see shit. All right. Like, he, he's a god. He's a god in Philadelphia. And good for him for, for getting that contract with Jacksonville. But, man, you really got to give it to the Bears, man. Completely uh, disregard you know, selecting Pat Mahomes and everything like that so you can save your franchise a half a billion dollars. Good for you. You know, like you you guys you you guys are the shit. All right. So you got this. You got a you got a quarterback competition in Chicago between a former Super Bowl MVP who pretty much is there and stuff like that and Mitch Trubisky where if he doesn't fix his eyesight anytime soon, oh he's a bum. Like Anyway, all I'm saying is, is that Minnesota, they, 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 they pretty much ex- imploded this offseason. Um, yeah. Green Bay is still the team, I would guess. I mean, Detroit hasn't done shit in God knows how long. So, you know, look, that's going to beg the question on Detroit. You know, uh, what point do they move on from their quarterback situation? 
you know, you know what? This is a classic case of a quarterback actually having fantastic numbers. Believe it or not, Matthew Stafford has been over the past 10 years, one of the best QBs in the league. Look at his statistics. The, it's the it's unfortunate that, that he's surrounded by a shit team. You know, like that. The Lions superstars in their history have always fucking retired before, you know, while they're in their prime because they just don't want to yeah, play. Alvin Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Because you know why? It's, it's from top to from top to bottom. It's a shithole organization. You, this is a team that had Calvin Johnson. This is a team that had Calvin Johnson that left money on the table and said, fuck off. Well, Barry you Sanders had, did too. Barry Sanders, exactly. One of the greatest running backs of all time. Year 10. Just, you know what? I'm out of here. You know why? Because he knew that this team was going nowhere. So why were they going to put their health in peril? You know, like, that's it. You're, you're in Michigan. You're in Detroit and everything like that. You get your nice little house in Auburn Hills. Out of here. I'm done. Like, that's it. So, you know what, Matt Stafford, yeah, I'm just waiting, even whether it be this year, next year, that he just calls it quits, you know, and it's really unfortunate. So, you had Matt Patricia, who came from the Belichick tree, that came from the Parcells tree and everything. Why didn't it work there? Is it because he's trying to be Bill Belichick in Detroit and everyone's saying, hey, Bill Belichick, man, do your own thing? Like, well, what's going on? I think I think the, the, the range of Bill Belichick is going to be seen this year with working uh, uh, on the complete opposite spectrum of style of quarterback. And oh. it's going to be very, very – I mean, look, I'll, I'll sit here and argue it till I'm blue in the face that Belichick is the greatest coach ever. And he's the oh, greatest yeah, coach yeah. ever for one reason, not because of the rings, not because of anything, but the way he coaches the game, that team is never the same team in the first half as they are in the second half. And I think the adjustments they make in in the locker room halfway through the game, whether they're winning and their formula is working or they're losing, which is rare or was rare, um, and they have to make the necessary adjustments, they always come back and they are a completely different team in the second half. And I think teams started to realize that the Giants sure realized that when they were when they, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Super Bowl runs. But and the uh, Eagles, too. And the Eagles too. Eagles figured it out too. Well, the Eagles really once they once they had their throat their their hands on on the Patriots' throat, they didn't really let go. And you know, you saw you felt that at the end of the game. You knew that you, they felt it. They knew it was there. Atlanta did not. And that's a no, perfect example. Exactly. And that comes down to coaching, Mike. That was all coaching because all they that's had to do was run the coaching. fucking ball. That's but, all they needed to do. Play boring ass football and just go into go into the championship. That's it. No, they want to put still, the show. The Patriots came out as a completely different team in the second half, and that's why they came back. And well, look, Brady, of course, and you know whatever the players did and the team, it's all there. But the, the Edelman the, with that crazy catch and everything, like, yeah, you need those things to happen. The second half was imperative right. there. Right, so, and we know because Belichick is the best at making the adjustments. That's why the whole game plan for the Eagles in their Super Bowl run against against the Patriots is that we're kicking the shit out of you in the first half. We are going to get the majority of our points in the first half because we know we're going to catch you and Philly and Philly Philly and all this other stuff and everything. Majority of their points were done in the first half. The second half, man, Patriots came out house on fire, and all the Eagles needed to do was hold on. They needed to hold on, but also have an aggressive offense. So you saw that with uh, with the touchdowns that happened afterwards. And then everything pretty much cemented it when uh, Brandon Graham forced the turnover on Brady and Derek Barnett picked up the ball. And, uh, and that uh, that's what led to the field goal, which put them up by eight. And believe me, Mike, I was on the edge of my fucking seat watching that last drive with Brady doing and going up seven yards and going up 10 yards and this and that always going up to the sidelines and I'm like 
it's going to come down to the last play. It always comes down to the last play. And believe me, man, when he threw that ball up in the air and it was just hanging up there, I'm looking at the referees. That's what I was doing. I was looking at the referees because I was like, pass interference. Something is going to happen. And ball tips, falls on the ground. Look at the rest. Nothing's happening. Everyone else is looking at the rest. And all of a sudden, I see Malcolm Jenkins is lifting his hands up in the air. And that's when I started to cry. I was like, oh, my God. What a moment. Finally, after right. all the ridicule, just what I wanted to fucking do is relive a Philly championship. Um, this is gonna be, this, this is gonna be consistent every time that we talk to each other. But yeah, getting back to the getting back to the whole thing with the whole genesis of this with the NFC East, a lot of exciting things are gonna happen this year as far as the NFC East. For me personally, I think, and I hate to say this, Dallas is gonna fucking win the NFC East this year. Oh That's yeah, what I look, think. they're the they're yeah. the more complete team of the four. That's they have no, to. Uh, I mean, Philly's How is- behind, but you know, uh, I, you can't. There, you, you can't, like, you can't yeah. dismiss what Dallas is right now. I mean, Dallas has had high expectations for the past three years, and they've never been able to put it together. But oh, yeah. I'll be it, the first to say it. Like the personnel that they got, and even getting C.D. Lamb too, as well, to accompany Amari Cooper and uh, and uh, Galloway and everything like that. Wow, like great move, and screwing the Eagles too in the process as well. But like, listen. They have the pieces. You have the running back. You have a somewhat decent quarterback. You have a, a five-star wide receiver core. You have a decent defense. Now it's going to come down to Mike McCarthy instilling his uh, his offense and his defense and everything like that and see whether or not the players are going to respond to it because you're going from a billion years with Jason Garrett, finally gone and everything, frankly, in my opinion, five years too late, but whatever. I enjoyed that ride. And now you got Mike McCarthy, former Super Bowl champion, uh, head coach, and everything. Had Aaron Rodgers at his disposal. Yeah, and dude, this you know, this is shades of a Parcells pit stop, right? You know, yeah, they, they yeah. bring in Parcells. You know, this this decorated coach, and he has a reputation that's a mile long. And you know, they 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 have a team. They just need a leader. I mean, this is exactly what happened when 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 Parcells came in. So I don't expect much from Mike. I, you know, he's a great coach. He did a lot of shit with with Green Bay and the transition to Rodgers and all that other stuff. But, you know, is he the right element to to is he the right general for that particular team right now? I mean, I guess we'll we'll wait to see. But honestly, OK, here here's here's a question. What's the most competitive division? Ooh, OK. Uh, you know what? I was just thinking about this, actually. Uh I would have to say, like, so uh, NFC South is uh, looking pretty competitive, in no, my opinion. Hands down, that's it's got to be the NFC South now. Yeah, that's it. Especially it's, you bring in Brady over there, and you already have Matt Ryan. You already have Drew Brees. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, you got I like that move. I like, I like Bridgewater and Carolina. I like that move, too. Honestly, you know what? Respect to, to Cam. And, you know, he's a guy that already understands the dynamic of that division. So, um he 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 could he could surprise a lot of people, but I think that I you know, think so. the, been, the six games they have to go through, the six games that they have to go through against those other three teams is is that's that's going to be a huge test for him and that team in that first year. And yeah. you know I I don't know what to expect. I think that Tampa is going to surprise a lot of people, but I think they're also going to have a lot of pressure. I think New Orleans is still the powerhouse. If I had to if I had to rank them right now and how they're going to finish. I'd go Saints, Bucks, uh, Falcons, and then the Panthers. But I would think that there's a very minimal gap between each team. Yeah, very, uh, very small margin of error for them because you have a lot of those. You know, they're very competitive, those teams. And you're also talking about 
um, an Atlanta team that, yes, still has Matt Ryan, brought in Todd Gurley. Keep that in mind. If this guy gets back to form, oh, my God. We still got Julio. We still got Ridley. Uh, Austin Hooper left. He went to Cleveland, but I think they drafted a tight end, too. Their defense, eh, hot and cold. But, uh, yeah, but within that division right now, Teddy Bridgewater and Carolina, I agree with you that the Saints are the class of the division still, and especially on the defensive side because they brought in Malcolm Jenkins back. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he left Philadelphia via free agency, and uh, he signed with them. So I like that. I like that move as far as having uh, a real leader on that secondary because it's been hot and cold since he had left and everything three years prior. Now he's back, a little bit older, but he is bringing a Super Bowl ring with him. So, yeah, I think uh, Drew Brees is just, Come on, man. It's Drew Brees. That, well, and I like the fact how they're, how they're bringing in Taysom Hill, too, and incorporating him. Tamara, yeah. fantastic. You got Michael Thomas. It's like, what more can you want? Like, honestly. I, I, read an article, I read an article this morning that uh, Mostert wants, it, wants, wants out of San Fran. Yes. And I, I would be surprised <laughs> if he lands in the NFC South somewhere. And, you Ooh. know, why not? I mean, what the hell? Just load up the division with, with all the talent you can. Um, you know, shifting to the AFC West and just kind of wrapping up football with this one, I, you know, the Chiefs are hands down the greatest team in the league. Baltimore's a great team too. Um, mm-hmm. The AFC West is almost guaranteed to the Chiefs. But what about the other three? Have... All right. So if we're AFC West is out of the way, I'm very intrigued and interested to see Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis. And I'll tell you why. Okay. This, this is a... Yeah, because this is a team that actually has a lot of great skill players as far as wide receiver, tight ends, and running backs are concerned. Unfortunately, Jacoby Brissett, he's not at the level right now where uh, he can control a game. I think Phillip Rivers, with with his experience, with his arm, uh, and now going into an Indianapolis team that they have spent the last three to four years rebuilding that O-line from scratch, Unfortunately, yeah, it cost Andrew Luck his career practically because, hey, yeah, we brought in the next Peyton Manning. Hey, guess what? You got no O-line. So, I mean, Luck did did what he could there and injuries was, you know, that's another, that's a sad example of how injuries could end uh, such a talented career. But I think the Raiders, what the Raiders did this offseason and, you know, with the move to Vegas and all the hype that they got going on. And, you know, this is a team that is trying to like hell, trying to adopt the Pittsburgh mentality of, you know, we got our coach and we're not fucking with it. And they made that decision with Gruden. I love Gruden as a coach. He brought a Super Bowl to Tampa Bay. And, you know, he, he had MVP quarterbacks and, and MVP players in Oakland. Uh, Rich Gannon won the MVP the year they lost. So mm-hmm. um, I think that the Raiders mentality of sticking with their coach through whatever. Fuck, we can go 0-16 and, and this guy would still have a job and a, and a statue outside that stadium. Right. Um, yeah. But I think the moves that they made and, you know, the shifting of where they are now, I wouldn't be shocked if they make a nice run either. You know what? They surprised me last year, to be completely honest with you, because I was I, I pretty much when when they decided to bring in Gruden and obviously Mike Mayock, too, as well. I'm like, OK, so we got a couple of TV personalities over here that are going to come and run this team. Way to go. Typical Raiders fashion over here, like not taking anything away from John Gruden, what he had did before. 
Uh, he left his uh, coaching position and everything like that and then went, to, went and did ESPN Monday Night Football for a good stretch afterwards. But I figured that too much of the game had passed him by for him to actually be effective as a modern-day NFL coach because oh, he's hellfire and Dude, That's the guy, what I thought. I, I, I figured – he yeah. was an analyst. He had to understand every element. And, you know, when you're a student of the game like John is, uh, you yeah. know, this guy lives and breathes football. I know, but I thought it was going to come down more to personality, you yeah. know, because, like, you know, more, the more guy about has a lot of respect, a lot of respect. And as a coach, mm-hmm. you need that. And he has yeah. his success and he has his faults and he has his, you know, he his biggest his if I had to give a, a criticism on on the way that Cruden coaches, he's the kind of guy that will load up his his roster with 15 quarterbacks going into 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 the into the preseason. Why? I mean, you know, he's always looking for that gem, and he'll load up his roster with three or four quarterbacks on a, on a 53 man roster. It's like you don't need that, man. You know, I get it. That's that's what you feel the most important position is, and you want to you want to build everything around that, and you want those guys to be. Um, replaceable with ease into your system. And I understand that, but there's so many other elements of the game that need focus. And I think that's what he had his biggest success with in Tampa. I mean, look, let's be honest for a second. Brad Johnson is not, you know, uh, the the prototypical John Gruden quarterback. Yeah, no, but he was, uh, he was, he had a he was in the right place at the right time. Sap. He had a, a Dexter Jackson. He had a Simeon Rice. He had a he had a squad on the fucking de- – and a defensive coordinator that is legendary. Legend. And, uh, and who was there watching his back as the last line of defense? Mike Olsen. Yeah, you know, like, well, Mike Olsen is the last great fullback that we'll ever see. But agreed. Bottom, agreed. bottom line is they had a complete team that John just could be John, and they went out and they just fucking annihilated people. Defense they ruined everybody, man. They closed the vet. <laughs> Believe me, I remember. For that, I'm waiting for that to unfold right now in 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 Vegas. And I think that they've added some very nice weapons. I don't think Carr is a bad quarterback. I really don't. I think that sometimes he makes bad decisions. But, you know, you got to give this guy – he's not the kind of guy that you put the team on his shoulders and he'll run with it. You need a ground game. You need an O-line. You need weapons on the outside. Mm -hmm. Okay? They, they, They tried the Antonio Brown route, and that lasted eight seconds. So, you know, that's another question. Where does he end up? Ooh, uh, a lot of people have been saying Seattle. Seattle might be a possible destination. Why not the NFC South? Why not give Bridgewater a fucking target? Let's just load them up, man. Load them all up in the NFC South. Carolina lost, uh, what's his name, Curtis Samuel. He signed where? I forget. Anyway, he's not there anymore. Uh, DJ Moore is still there. Yeah, they could use some weapons. They really could. I don't know if Olsen, no, wait, Olsen, uh, who did he sign with, Olsen? I don't know, but Witten is in Vegas. Witten is in Vegas now. Witten went to Vegas. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's it. I'm wondering where Greg Olson went because he's not there in Carolina anymore. But still, you know, like we're we're starting to see the changing of the guard right now. You know, like uh, that's it. As far as like competitiveness is concerned, yeah, Antonio Brown, believe me, he's on the field. He's a top five wide receiver in the league. Hell yeah. Big time. Now, whether or not uh, a team is willing to take on this talent, knowing full well that, okay, he has a bit of (laughs) – he has, a, he has a bit of a checkered uh, issued past and stuff like that. And everything was well documented on TMZ and his uh, social media and everything. And how a guy went from forcing a trade out of Pittsburgh 
to go to uh, to go to uh, Oakland or, or the Raiders and everything, to him getting cut and then getting signed by the Patriots to getting cut the week after. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. I have to be a receiver from Ballers. I mean, he's like the the epitome of that receiver from Ballers, man. Yeah. I, fuck, I'm just going to do this. But ultimately, you wake up and you realize, you know what, man? You still have a career. You still have a chance. And just shut up and play football, man. Forget about all the other bullshit. We get it, okay? I, you, you're, you're fond of expressing your opinions on certain things. But as a team, you cannot, you cannot be that uh, broken bone. And I th- – you know, what, exactly. we can all be a little bit more whether he learned it or not, but yeah. who the hell knows at this point? I know. Like, be, be a Larry Fitzgerald. Be a Jerry Rice. Well, you, know, you know, can't take the guy's personality out of his game. But all I'm suggesting you know, is, is I, like, look, you tried it your way, and guess what? It didn't work. And, yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. I'm just saying, like, okay, listen. Personality of Larry Fitzgerald and any other person and everything comparative to – you know, Antonio Brown is it's useless for us to do this kind of comparison. But it's also you can you can know to yourself that you're the best in your respective field and everything like that. But when that becomes your focus and that becomes what draws people to you, both good and bad, that's where you're going to have a problem, you know, because then you're going to have a bunch of other guys that are trying to chomp at the bit too and want to get your contract and stuff like that. And these are your own teammates. And yeah, they, they don't want to receivers, hear bullshit. Wide receivers have all have notoriously been shit talkers. Of course. Right. Like, well, that's, that's it. It's part game. of the game. Look at T.O., Randy Moss, man. Level, at every level. So, look, Larry Larry is an exception to that rule. He's a gentleman in a in an asshole's position. But, you know, the, 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 the fact is, look, I'm not going to take away Antonio Brown's personality. All I'm going to say is, like, pick and choose the time to use it. That's all. Exactly. I mean, that's- yeah. Think about hockey there, for a there second. There are times, yeah, but there are times when being an asshole is warranted, especially like, okay, if it's in the game and everything like that, it's just like, buddy, I don't care if there are eight people around me. Throw that ball in the air, I'm going to fucking catch it. And then as soon as you do it, you're a legend. You know, like, that's it. That's how you say, so you know what? I talk shit, but I back it up at the end of the day, and I back it up on the field. But it all comes down to that one opportunity, that perfect throw at that one time. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I, I, would like to I, I, I compare guys like that to Sean Avery. Sean Avery was a guy that you, you, you love to have on your team, but you hate to play against. But when it came down uh, to everything else, I mean, he took away the spotlight from some of the players post-game and all this other bullshit because, you know, he's always talking about other things. And maybe that was strategy. You know, he knew that his role on the team was very specific. He wasn't the superstar by any means, but he took the spotlight and allowed guys just to sit there and focus on doing their fucking jobs. And, you know, it worked. like that. You know, like, that works within that parameter, within that environment. Because, yeah, you're talking about five guys, five skaters on the ice, not counting the goaltender or anything like that. And you want a guy like an Avery back in the day to just create chaos. That's what you want. Hey, focus on me. I'm the donkey over here. Look at the target on my back. Yeah, remember that crap that I said about your sister? Yeah, that was your time. Oh, there goes uh, Jad on a breakaway. Here he goes, score. You know, like that's it. It's a very good tactic. The problem is, is that a guy like that, double-edged sword. Sure. Double-edged sword. You know, like we saw what the Rangers did with uh, with Sean Avery against the devil when he was in front of Brodeur doing things that you had never seen before. Man, Brodeur didn't even want to shake his hand at the end. To piss off someone that much that in one of the most 
like honorable displays, which is the handshake line. Like no matter what, you go through a seven game series, best of seven game series, you go through the whole thing. Man, you hate that guy, but for the respect and honor of the game, I'm going to shake your hand. That's it. Brodeur, after his track record, his Stanley Cups, his Vezinas, and all that gold medal, would not shake this prick's hand at all. And I'm just like, oh, man, I understand it. Still should have done it, though, because Avery did his job. He yeah. did his job. He got and in your head, but that was just about one series. That's what he got paid to do, and it worked. So, you yeah. know, look, is that player still in the game? Fuck yeah. I mean, you know, I'll never forget it. All the fucking games that Maxime Lapierre used to fucking just face wash a guy and then find the ref to fucking hide behind them when somebody goes over to try to stick him in the nose. A guy you love to fucking hate, right? You love him on your team. You hate him when he's not. So, but, you know, look, the... With hockey, you know, the way it is, I mean, I don't didn't announce the Hub Cities yet, right? Uh, not officially, but they're kind of going along with Toronto being one and Edmonton being the other, yeah. So it's only going to be in Canada? It's only going to be in Canada, exactly. Okay, so looking at the way that things are, you know, again, assuming they go with this proposed 2014 playoff picture, Let's let's try to figure this out because this is a tournament style system that's only designed for seeding, right? It's just designed to seed the teams um, and then obviously figure out who's going to win that first overall pick. But when you when you break it down and you compare it to what we were talking about at the beginning of this discussion with MLS and the teams that, you know, what happens if there's a spread? What happens if a team gets it? Are they bowing out of the tournament? Then what the fuck happens? And that's again, it, and that's not in place. Back to that's my previous right comment of is it right to to etch those names into that cup alongside everyone else under these fucking conditions? You know what? They had a vote. That's what it is. The ownership came together along with the players and along with the managers and everything. And although no, uh, not everyone agreed to it, a majority agreed to the parameters that were put into place. In order, to, in order to wrap up the season, to crown a champion, is it the best way to do it? In my opinion, whatever, they could, probably could have figured something else out. And, like, just keep it like, uh, you know, 16-16 or, uh, wait, 8-8 eight and eight, uh, per conference, uh, I would have to say. Like, we would want something that's a little, like, consistent to what we were, you know, normally accustomed to. But, yeah, you can't deny the people that, okay, you shut down, you shut down the league end of February, beginning of March and everything – yo, I'm still fighting for a playoff spot over here. What, you're not going to deny me because uh, a pandemic came out of nowhere? No, you want to give them an opportunity to at least say, hey, yeah, you didn't, you didn't make the playoffs in the official sense, but in order to have some sort of parity or something like that, let's have this round robin, whatever it is, best of five play-in tournament. Look, I'm all for it, and I think that the way they have it set up is great. And, I, I, you know, the teams looking in, you can make the argument that they had no shot in hell making the playoffs anyway. I think that – Yeah, know, you look at the Canadians. Well, I mean, look, and you, look they, got, they got a second breath of life, right? But what, what, what bothers me about this is – and you want to compare it back to baseball. Uh, talk about your 94 Expos, bro. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. We were on pace to win the World Series. It was their year, and then all of a sudden, bye. Bye, exactly. So they that's it. They went to the tournament, seeded them. They didn't crown a champion. That's it. 
You know, it's just it's 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 just crazy to me that they're going to throw everything through such a loophole when all they had to do was cancel it. Let's let's wait it out through October and let's start the season. Yeah. again. Like, that's it. And that's where I was kind of at, too, especially when like, OK, for, for like jumping out of sports and we're just talking about like globally right now. Yeah, maybe the best course of action was just to. OK, guys, let's just end it. You know, let's pretend it's World War Two. Remember during the World War? Okay, they didn't crown the Stanley Cup champion or even during like World War One or something. You know, shit happens. So it was just like one of those things, in my opinion, to like, hey, let's let's focus our attention on this. You know, let's let, let, let's focus on this. Let's uh, let's get it under control. Let's make sure that everyone's happy and healthy and and good to go. And then we can open it up and then we can get back to you know, the way how it was. Me and you sitting together with some asshole beside us, another asshole in front of us, rah, rah, rah. You know, like that whole, like, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Montreal Canadiens game where I was, like, the saddest guy to hold a martini after they lost in overtime or whatever at the end of the third and stuff like that. It was fun! It was fun getting shit on from all these Tampa Bay Lightning fans. And then, yeah, yeah, you're number one, and then you get eliminated by the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, for straight. Yeah, way to go, guys. Awesome. But still, like, that's the thing that gets me wanting the desire to go into the arena, to go into the football stadium, to go into the baseball stadium and stuff like that, to be surrounded by other fat assholes like me and everything, talking like, yeah, we know what the hell is going on, but we feel like we're involved in the process. This is going to be weird to me. What, am I going to watch a baseball game? Where, where I'm going to watch a baseball game with a a cardboard cutout with your stupid face printed on it and stuff uh, like that? No. They start, I, I found out where they got that from. The soccer clubs in, in Europe are doing that. Why? I have no fucking idea. It is the dumbest shit I think I've ever seen. You know, like you take your stupid face for night for a hundred bucks in a time now nobody has shit and uncertainty everywhere. For a hundred dollars, we'll take your stupid face and we'll put a cardboard cutout of it in the stands. Now, no, my question is, no. who's the fucking moron that has to go around after every game and pick up these cardboard things and store them in a closet because if it <laughs> rains, you get a fucking pile of mush? <laughs> exactly. Like, this is great. This is absolutely fantastic. It's just like, it just shows, like, us as a species, like, we really haven't evolved that much. Remember that Bruce Willis movie, you know, like, when he's old, but he got, like, inserted into, like, a younger version of himself? I think it was called Host or something like that. Do you remember the stupid movie? Nah. You know, like a bunch of people that are like in a dream, but they've been like put into like another body or another host body or something like that. And they're able to do and to do all the, the stuff that they want, play their sports, fuck like they want and everything like that. You know, what would be great is that if we were able to do that, like, oh, okay, uh, we got a pandemic going on. My crummy human body can't fucking survive this. Let me just export my brain into this stupid robot that looks like me and I go I can watch the game but no they're just gonna fucking get a bunch of cardboard cutouts with your stupid face printed on it with an iPhone and you're gonna go you're gonna go watch it from one angle when you could no, just I don't even think the, I, I don't even think the camera is part of it I think it's just a cardboard cutout and they're the way they're selling this is, the way the, the way they're selling this is hey you might be able to see your face in the in the stands now this is <laughs> This is happening. Uh, I saw the article for the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's. Oakland A's are fucked anyway. They don't have anybody in their stands anyway. So, you know, they, this this might actually be attendance records for them. Oh, but my God. I can't wait. And mark my words, I will make you a friendly bet of $1 that the first fucking time they pan around, we're going to see some asshole that submitted a fucking picture of him with a mask on. 
<laughs> oh my god, that would be great. That would be absolutely fantastic. Oh my god. Oh, oh there, there I am. The one with the mask. <laughs> you know, this is what we're replaced with. Cardboard cutouts. Stay at home. It's not safe. But you know what? We'll make a likeness of you. If I were playing enough, I, I would literally throw a baseball at them and, you know, I'd, I'd have target practice. It'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> what, I mean, like Major League when uh, Charlie Sheen was warming up and he took out the guy's head? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, dude, this is going to be different from every every angle. And, you know, we've seen baseball games without fans. It's weird. It's fucking weird. And it's, you know, baseball is a slow game. It's it's a game of anticipation. It takes a specific yeah. type of fan to sit there and follow it and enjoy it. I mean, the the crowd in baseball is arguably 60 percent of the experience. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely right. Eight percent, but you know, a, a fucking thirteen dollar <laughs> beer is another percentage. But look, the, the bottom line is, you go to the ballpark, you're there to experience, you know, the pastime that everybody in the past has experienced, and that's, that's being it. there with the people that root for or against your team. Now it's going to be just fucking weird. It's going to be Joe Buck announcing a game with no fans. Yeah. Wow. That's it, because even for them, man, they need to feed off of the crowd. And you're kind of getting like, a, like, I'm getting a little taste of it because I'm a big wrestling fan and everything. And I'm watching, you know, WWE doing it at the Performance Center. And they've replaced the fans with, you know, the up-and-coming wrestlers and stuff like that to at least kind of give it the fan experience. Like, they've done this now. But at the beginning, there was just the wrestlers in the ring, the commentators, and that was it. And just silence. Like they See, did the whole WrestleMania thing respect, like that. I respect wrestling as as an athletic type of sport, but it is scripted. Yeah, I know. And yeah, you know, they they do feed off of the uh, off of the crowd as part of their of script. Course. I get it, but look, you know, you want to you want to. I'd rather compare that style to or that type that argument to an MMA style right now. This is another sport that easily feeds off of the crowd. I mean, you're talking about a different level of enthusiasm and strength that these guys can muster up based on the the the, the engagement of the crowd, the of entrances, course. everything. I, there's no Conor yeah. McGregor without the crowd. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, exactly. But think about it. You kind of like if we're not going to do it without the fans or anything like that, you've effectively like removed home field advantage. In well, my opinion. You definitely do. And you eliminate a lot of the stressful situations that, you know, a player would have yeah. to endure, particularly on the road. I mean, think about yeah. it. You're you're in you're in Yankee Stadium or you're you're in Fenway at bottom of the ninth in the in the World Series. I mean, you, you have a tremendous amount of pressure on you if you're the visiting team exactly. or the home team. But the crowd adds such an element to that. And, yeah. you know, the, the players are, you know, they, they they're professionals. Right. They've learned to somehow. Um, shut that noise out. But it's not just yeah. the fans. It's not just, I'm uh, sorry, it's not just the players. Think about the umpires. An umpire is, like, as much as they're trained and as, as imperfect as that position is, and I respect it a lot, I think it's a huge element of baseball, a lot of things could happen based on their decision-making based on the crowd. That's it. We, we exactly, saw, man. You took the words saw, right out of my mouth. We saw it happen in Detroit. The non-perfect game, okay? Oh, Look, devastation, right? The, the the worst, one of the worst experiences that could ever happen in sports is to take something like that away. And, you know, look, one of the greatest umpires to ever fucking, you know, but you take the crowd out of that element, does he make the right call? You take the mm. strength, 
position out of that? Does he make the right call? Because there was some element of doubt in his head. Fuck, man. You know, if it's close, I'm going to call it. Yeah. You know, it's just, again, the crowd is a huge component of all sports. I mean, arguably all sports with, you know, maybe not golf because, you know, they're, they're, there's an asshole there that holds up a sign that says shut up. But yeah, <laughs> too. But, you know, look, man, this is what sports are. Right. And you take it outside the stadium, into the bars, into the restaurants, into the city itself, a ticker tape parade, a fucking championship parade. It's all it's this is what distracts us from all the noise that's going on right now. The election, yeah. the political bullshit, the virus, the, the the same shit and propaganda that's shoved down our fucking throat day after day. That's why I think that no matter how we look at this, no matter how they get it done, figuring out a way to engage the fans and get the players back on the field in each respective sport is imperative. And that should be a primary focus. And I think that I just think that there's too much tissue paper fucking feelings about a player's contract, how much he's going to get in the short and see, look, everybody's suffering from this. Yep. I got an, I, you know, I, I had a call with the Raiders earlier today because I have, I have seats in the stadium and I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on, man? I called my rep and I said, you know, I'm on the fourth row. You know, are you guys using that seat? Are we going to have it? And they're like, we're not going out and we're not saying shit yet because we don't know. We don't want to yeah. go back. We don't want to tell you something this week and have it be different next week. And I get it. And you got to and you got to respect them for that. I yeah. do. And I, that's exactly what I told him. I said, I respect that decision. I love it. I think it's the right move. But you also have to understand that you can't call me up on Saturday, the day before fucking opening day on Sunday and or opening kickoff on Sunday and be like, oh, guess what? We're back or we're not playing. You know, that's <laughs> not cool either. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. There's there's got to be some sense of transparency because it's not just the owners. It's not just the players. It's a fucking community. A community is so invested into the elements and the business of sports in general that it's. Oh, yeah, man. There's there's so much tied into that, man, especially with Vegas right now with them getting this thing off the ground. Their first season, they were supposed to have the draft there. They had to cancel that and they had to do the whole uh draft from home thing that we watched. Eh, that's some funny moments, but still it was different. You know, like that's it. That's why I'm always going to go back to my original point from like all of this. I would love, I would love for it to get back. We're going to have a packed stadium and all this other stuff right now and everything. But as much as there are so many businesses, there's that ripple effect that are reliant on sports. Sports is reliant on a healthy society. Like that's it. So like for me, it's just like, okay, is there a way to get back? Okay, it just seems to me that everyone is trying to live in a burning building right now. Let's put the fucking fire out. As soon as we put the fire out and everything, then all right, let's get let let's get back to normal. You See, know, like kind of like I don't, it, there's no there's no recipe to put the fire out. It's all bullshit right now. <sighs> everybody's 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 plan of attack on what will work and what won't work is all. I mean, nobody knows. That's the problem. And especially in this country when there's fucking 320 million people that you have to convince this of. I mean, mm -hmm. dude, that's a that's an uphill battle right there. So, look, uh, you know, who the hell knows? I, I personally, I think that at some point we're all going to get a version of this, whether we like it or not. 
Now, the cases might be going up, but, you know, what they're seeing is that the recovery rate is faster. The death tolls are down. And it's very possible that this this version or this little chapter of this virus has mutated to a less um, less lethal cocktail. And that's great news. That's awesome news. And, you know, if there's a again, it's just I, I, I made this comparison to you before. It's new. It was new. Right. It was different. It was yeah. something that nobody has seen mm-hmm. before. You know, nobody wants to be the first one in line to buy the iPhone, you know, because there's always fucking problems. There's always issues. Yeah. And always updates that have to have to get tweaked out. It's not until a couple months later when they when they have the second wave of shit that 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 it's a little bit more manageable. Same right. scenario. But, you know, again, you, you still have a lot of people that just don't want to fucking listen for whatever reason, protesting for what, you know, uh, it is what it is with that, I, you know, but the the excuses and the political power that they're trying to gain from that is really taking away from um, the comfort of having the ability to go out and play these fucking games or at least having the ability to go out to a bar, stay six fucking feet, stay in your little pod and watch the game with your buddy. Have a fucking yeah. beer. Support your local fucking businesses because they're dying too. And of with course, and everyone wants to do that. But they're even in more trouble. What do you mean? But let me ask you this: If I, like I saw Mike Trout, man, wearing a mask and he was cracking dingers and running around the bases and everything like that. If the players wear a mask or some sort of a mask, I know we were talking about the facial one that they were talking about for uh, NFL. We said this earlier when we started our uh, when we started recording. Uh, is there something like at the sport level that they can wear and everything that they can replace? And even for us too, that if we were to go to a bar or a restaurant or something like that, I think that if everyone subscribes to like, and, and get politics out of the way, you're a man of science, I'm a man of science and stuff like that. Wear the fucking mask. No, I, it's, it's, it's a barrier. I would never, ever, ever ask an athlete to wear that while competing though. No chance. I know. Dude, well, that's it, but maybe maybe something different that pumps in oxygen. You know, yeah. I see these people look, like listen, look, man, I'm not a scientist, talking, right? I'm a I'm a half a global, super so. you're talking about superhuman ability that these guys have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They are in pristine condition. They are they they have the strongest fighting chance to beat this even if they get it. And we've seen it. Kevin Durant's not dead. Ezekiel Elliott's pretty cool. You know, all these guys that get uh, – look, uh, is, does it suck they get it? Yeah. Should they get it? Absolutely not. But I don't think that you should put them in a position to have to change their equipment and breathing habits for something like this. I think that's that's completely absurd. Hockey put the visor in because people's fucking eyes were getting blown out. Okay? Yeah, I, exactly. This is completely different. You can't force a guy to wear a shield – they were talking about making a fucking element on the face masks that went down by the by the mouth made out of the same material as the N95s. Okay. Dude, you're you're fucking huffing and puffing, you know, for 60 minutes in the game, running and supposed to be competing at the highest level of your ability and you're going to try and figure out a way to restrict that breathing process? I, I guess that if we need to adapt to this new way of doing things, then maybe other people are going to have to adapt, man. It's just how it goes. It's no different than, hey, I blew out my knee and my ACL and I can't cut the way that I do anymore. Or if I'm a goaltender and I just like slice up my ankle and stuff like that, my lateral movement is uh, not where it used to be. You have to adapt. 
no, like, that's I, what it is. On, for, for me, it's you're the talk, key. You're talking I mean, about restriction, restriction of oxygen. You're talking about the possibility of collapsed lungs. You're talking about, you know, just overall muscle fatigue due to the fact of, of, of oxygen and blood. I, I, I just, I, I think that, you know, you force a guy like Mike Trout to fucking wear a mask and try to hit home runs, not possible. What's the well, point? I don't know anyway, about that, fucking, man. Like, what, like he's, he's, uh, where, where, where does it say over there that it's re- that it's restricting the amount of oxygen that's coming in? Like, Dude, honestly, the like, of, yeah. The whole point of it is to restrict moist. the air that comes in. No, that's it's the, it, it, like the, the, the typical medical masks or anything that you buy over at, uh, at Walgreens or whatever or something like that, those medical ones, it's supposed to it, – it's a barrier to catch those droplets. And stuff like that. Other than that, man, I breathe fine when I put that. Oh, thing yeah, back, okay, you're, you're I'm not right. singing homers. You're not, not fucking playing. Homers. You're not playing sports while wearing it. Okay, well, put on the mask. Tell me how you uh, how you prefer. Dude, I, I tried it. I put on a mask and I went for a fu- for a three mile run. Fucking impossible. You're not a super athlete. <laughs> like, well, I, of course you're, I'm you're not. By any, by any, but listen, the point is, is that this no, you 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 cannot restrict. Look, either you play the fucking play the game the way it is, or you don't. Afterwards, you want to have a fucking mask while you do an interview or you want to have a mask waiting for you to enter into the tunnel. Go for it. Where to get on. Oh, that was the other thing. They're, they're not letting players drive to the stadium anymore. They're forcing them to take a bus. What? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, God. Like, I, I'm telling you, man, like everyone's trying to figure out this thing, but they're just throwing darts at the board to see what's going to stick. Oh, and they're blindfolded. They're blindfolded. Oh, doing man. it. And I don't think it's a well thought out process to this. And I think they're trying to set rules without talking to the players first. And, you know, Richard Sherman, I think he's one of the reps for the NFLPA. I mean, he brought up a great point. You know, he's like, look, you're you're asking us to to tussle around for fucking 60 minutes. And, you know, afterwards, we can't go say hi to those guys. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, it's just like, okay. So let me ask you this. Uh, You know, like leagues are trying to get this thing up the ground and everything like that. Who are the leagues talking to to get their information? Good question. And I think that with all of the bullshit out there right now, it's very difficult to fucking find the facts. And they're, you know, they're basing a lot of things off of the internal leadership. The owners of the NFL are making these these regulations. The 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 representatives of the NFLPA are making these regulations. Whether it's based on what the fuck other noise is out there right now, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is influenced by it. I think so. But I, I think that I think at some so. point, you know, they were talking about having fans sign waivers when they enter stadiums because obviously yeah, nobody you. wants to buy a fucking liability from this shit. No fucking way. Uh, There's going to be a fall yeah. of fucking yeah. lawsuits after this. But well, why can't the players do the same thing? Why can't the player sign a waiver that says, you know what? Look, man, I'm here to compete. I'm here to do what I got to do. I'm not going to fucking wear a shield because it makes you look better that you're you're trying to protect us and you have my best interest at heart. No, fuck off. Look, I'll sign a waiver. If I end up getting it, great. And you need to sign that to be on the field. Why is that so fucking hard? They're making the fans do it. Yeah, we're making the fans do it because the fans have the choice whether or not to go there, and whether and 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 for them, for the yes, players so, themselves, so they're Mike getting compensated. Trout. So does Mike Trout. Mike Trout yeah. has the ability to not show up. Of course, he really but does. he also, but but then it's just like, oh, you know what? Like, uh, yeah, actions have consequences, right? Then what's what's the deal afterwards? Okay, Mike Trout, you don't show up. I guess I'm not giving you your four hundred million dollar contract then, right? So that so that's what it is. It's always about. Oh, if you don't come, I don't pay you. 
Okay. Well, so the, then it takes someone to basically say, COVID. you know what, take your money and shove it up your fucking ass. Yeah, like, the agent will never that. tell him that because he's been the fucking godsend to that franchise. But Yeah, I know, but he also has a family and he also has a of bunch course. of other Look, and maybe he is We all forget concerned. that these guys are fucking people too, right? I mean, they, they, they yeah. have lives, they have families, they have the same issues that we're dealing with too. That's right. And, so then to know, say that, oh, Kevin Durant and Ezekiel Elliott, oh, they got it. Yeah, but they also have family. They also have friends. They also have all this that they need to interact with when the lights come down and the field is closed up and everything like that. Because like you had said, they're human beings like you and I and everything like that. So now as far as the information that they're getting, where are these leagues getting their information from? From the CDC? From the, uh, from the, from the, uh, from, from the pandemic council that was put together that doesn't fucking feature uh, a whole litany of scientists? It's just a bunch of business guys and stuff like that? So for what? Like that's it. Like who are they getting this information from? Where are they saying where, oh, an athlete can't put on a mask because he can't get uh, the uh, required oxygen. Okay, how about this? I'm going to give you this mask. Run on this fucking treadmill for an hour. Let me, let me see if your oxygen levels go down. You know, like, that's sure, it. But- like, where, where is it actually tested and certified that a me, a professional super athlete with the fucking muscles coming out of everywhere and everything like that, if I put on this little fucking piece of cloth over my face and everything like that, will it contribute to me having collapsed lungs am i gonna die on the field and everything like that i think it's where stupid. does it say i that? think it's fucking dumb if you make if you make athlete you can you imagine a fucking hockey goalie wearing a fucking mask why what's the point there's johnny that's never gonna fucking happen they are not gonna make these guys wear fucking masks to play play a game no chance i know but once again man we're going back to this whole thing that you guys are trying to you're you're trying to live in a burning house like okay. that's it Look, again, sports doesn't have to dictate society, right? You don't have to it, replicate it what's done in society you know? in sports. It's not, it's a controlled environment. That's what they're trying to create, a controlled environment where they can somehow control the flow, the influx, and the out, the, you know, the, the, the end result of recovery using a, a bubble. The NBA is doing it now. Now, uh, will it work? Most likely not. I mean, there's going to be guys that get it. I mean, shit, this whole fucking thing started with an NBA player. Yep. Sports shut down because of that guy in the jazz. And, you know, look, again, nobody deserves to get it. But again, we just can't sit here with our fingers crossed and waiting. It just doesn't work. We saw what happened with that. One thing happened and it fucking ignited a forest fire. And it made matters worse. Did you guys really do it properly the first time? Dude, there's no you guys. Shit was shut down. Whether people complied or not, that's on them. Did everybody who didn't comply end up getting it? The answer is no. Look, I think that the fear fear that was instilled in people about this since day one is going to resonate for a long time. There's no doubt about that. Okay? Okay? There's hesitations for a lot of shit right now because of that. Whether it's going out to eat, whether it's taking a trip, whether it's even going to see a friend, that's yeah. fucked up, man. And, you know, as many people that are, have not complied, there's three that have. So, the, you know, is that or is there a reason why that's why the fucking death tolls aren't in the millions? Who knows? But we can't sit here and just pretend that we can sit at home for the rest of our fucking lives. We're going to go crazy. We're going to lose our shit. We're going to sit here. We're going to say, you know what? 
I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on a cardboard cutout of me. <laughs> Man, screw that. Take that hundred dollars and buy a boxing bag. Like, that's it. You know, like, dude, at the There's end of the day, it's just like, entertain you. Um, yes, I get it. But dude, come on. This, the, I we're know, but come on, man. society. We we've always functioned that way. You, I get it, but, it, but we've evolved up to this point. That. I know, but it's like Mike. Have we evolved to the point that us as a species that we're gonna lose our shit and lose our mind because we're not watching life air sports right no, now? Uh, like look, really? That's like that's exactly. fucking sad, dude. That's Are a sad fucking. Ethnic, it's not sad at all, man. Look, dude. A lot of fucking people. A lot of emotion. A lot of history. A lot of families. A lot of communities. A lot of friendships. They're all built on the the foundation of the camaraderie that comes with sports. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the ability to hate a team and a city just because of sports, the ability to, 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 to spark up a conversation with the guy down the street to support a local business because they have the same sport affiliation. I, I mean, dude, come on. This is, this, is, this is something that communities have literally been built around. And here's, here's, a, here's a radical idea, Mike. Here's a radical idea. I think that we've been doing this all wrong and everything like that. We need to take a sports fan mentality – as it applies to the virus, okay? The virus are the Dallas Cowboys, okay? And now we, us, the entire fan base and everything like that of North America, we are all on the same team. We're all on the same team. We all have our assignments. We all, this is what we need to do in order to fucking defeat this fucking piece of shit team, which is COVID-19 and everything like that. Here's a radical fucking idea, bro. Here, you, 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 you like ready for it? They're not going to go anywhere. You're just going to have to learn to deal with it. You're going to have oh, to man. deal with the bullshit and fucking figure out a way around it. I mean, that's a, that's a uh, sad sorry, fact, man. dude. It's a sad uh, fact. But it is a sad fact. But frankly, between you and I, like all the stuff this. that we had said from the beginning, as soon as there's a lot of bitching and whining and complaining that's going on down there, if there was a massive outbreak, or people are transmitting it during the game or something like that. What are the consequences starting up the league and then having to shut it down again afterwards? Well, what happens? Find out. We're going to find the fuck out. I mean, there's no other way to, 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 to analyze it. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what any of these uh, procedures and regulations and rules, we don't know which ones are bullshit and which ones are real. We don't know that because nobody's attempted it yet. I mean, soccer. Yeah, great. I mean, you can make the argument in Europe. It's, it, you know, they, they figured out a way to make it happen. And, you know, but Mike, we- Mike, the thing is, is that they did the job at the beginning, man. Like, that's what it was. Like, I'm sorry, Mike. Like, that's what it was in, in Europe. They didn't politicize this whole fucking shit. All right. Oh, it's just a flu. Oh, if you don't put on the mask. Look, oh, what they're saying is bullshit. Oh, what about my freedom? What about this? How dare you tell me about my body? No, in Europe, dude, and, and a lot, and even in Canada, too. I'm sorry, man. Everyone, shut the fuck up. Listen to a fucking scientist and a doctor. Wear a mask, and now we're now they're reaping the benefits. That's what it is, dude. Now they get to enjoy their sports. They get to have their life back. By no means, this is not over. It's not beat by anyone. Okay, countries are still shut down from travel. Once that reopens, then what? Yeah, well, that's. You, you guys have a heck of a long way to get to, like uh, to travel to Europe and everything like that because a lot of places in the world are basically saying U.S. you can't come here, get yeah, your shit in order. That's, like that's it. Like and that and that's pretty much it. Right it's a number, but you know, but, but it's but it's really sad. Mike. It really thing, is. 
look, as sad as it is, whatever. Look, dude, it's fucking it's life, man. We're dealing with it because we have to. All right. And regardless on the decisions that stupid assholes are making, whether, you know, they're making decisions to not follow the rules or they're just doing whatever they want anyway, because they're fucking stir crazy by sitting inside all day. I mean, dude, this was the perfect storm. It was the perfect storm. It was the perfect element. And you know what? All of the bullshit, all of the noise and all the fucking chaos is going to die down after November. And that's sad. And I hope it exposes what the fuck the political power really has in this country as far as people's fucking attention spans. And this is my whole argument about getting sports back into the fucking fold. You know, let everyone distracted. distracted. That's it. Everyone can just focus on the the shiny pony and everything over here. Here you go. Here. See a bunch of scheduled pound guys crack their brains. And don't focus on the bullshit that's going on and everything like that. Because, yes, and I agree, a lot of fucking dummies and everything in this fucking world, they need to be distracted and kept away from the fucking pressing shit right now. It's not dummies. There's a lot of fucking idiots. It's not dummies by any means. Again, I think sports are an integral part of all culture in this country. And yours, too. Look, it's not taking anything away from Catholic. But listen. Yeah, that's it, man. Our, our whole fucking our whole thing is based on you know hockey and and, and Canadian football and stuff like I can't that. Talk over you fucking stupid sports. ass. So shut up, dude. Uh, well, sports, yeah, fuck off. sports, you know, like, that's what in entirety have yeah, well, shut in down entire, civil yeah, wars. Yeah, I know, but a big part of my life has always been around sports. I planned trips around sports. I drove to Philadelphia to go and watch a Super Bowl parade. To be surrounded by 1.5 million Philadelphians and stuff like that. Believe me, dude, this is killing me inside. There's nothing more that I want than to have this. But I ain't going to fucking lose my mind and say, oh, shit, I'm going to go and get uh, get the razor blades and stick it into my veins because I ain't watching Kevin Durant slam down the ball. You're looking at what my what I'm trying to, 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 to state here, and you're looking at it from such a surface argument. Okay. Look, all I'm suggesting is is that sports in its in its entirety, the the ability to read a sports article, to flip on a game at night, it's 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 a way to fucking get away from all the bullshit that everybody has on their plate on a daily basis. That's it. It's a therapeutic outlet. And no, you, you whether you love it, whether you hate it, you, you know, are you going to slit your veins over the fact that it's not there? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's still a very important part of the culture that we've developed here. Dude, there's four major sports in this country, major sports. You want to count soccer, count it. But four major sports where there's at least 30 teams in each respective sport. That's 30 communities. That's 30 groups of people that rely and and are entertained whether you like it or not. It's still a part of their daily existence. And you can't – And that's at the professional level. We're not even discounting like the whole college level, which is even bigger. larger. We're not talking about high schools, which obviously parents are in bed. Look, dude, all I'm suggesting is is that the sports element is going to – the sports absence has created such a a focused effort – on bullshit that people are getting rammed down their throats. And if you give that back to the community, you might see an ease up on all the other bullshit. Oh, I'm yeah. Well, answer, no. But, Will people stop jumping off buildings? No. All I'm saying yeah, is yeah, exactly. it couldn't hurt. It's a helpful tool. It's a helpful tool for businesses. It's a helpful tool for sanity. And it's a helpful tool for entertainment. And I think, man, that- I, 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 I don't understand how, man, my grandparents freaking survived on uh, two channels, dude. 
I don't get it. I really don't, man, because it, it, all this says to me, Mike, and I'm sorry, and I know it's more of a cultural thing and bringing everyone together and stuff like that. Jesus Christ, man. Fuck you. We have it too good, man. We had it too good over here. Yeah, like, here it is. Just a little challenge. I'm not going to sit here and apologize challenge. for how good it is. Fuck that. Dude, this is the society that we're in a great fucking era, man. We should embrace it, and we should try it like hell to get it back because it's what those people fucking built up for. It's what those, yeah, they I, sacrificed I watching two that. fucking channels in order to have the ability to go to a, any fucking major city in this country and watch a, a, a sport. Hey, there you go. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I'm not going to I'm not going to hinge my whole thing about returning that. Oh, oh, it's a, a history thing and all. Yeah, okay, man, great history and all that, uh, all that jazz and stuff like that. You know, like okay, you bring, you want to bring it back, you want to bring it, do it right, just do it right. And there's no right or wrong now. That's year. the argument. There's no right. There's okay. no wrong. It's all a fucking trial and error. And that's the, that's what these that's what these respective leagues are battling with. They're trying to find the formula. And trial and error and with, with people back, and nobody has it yet. Soccer tried it. It's failing miserably, miserably. Okay, and we're not talking about individual athletes or sports or anything like that. We're talking about a team sport that 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 requires the necessary regulations and 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 procedures in order to get back and get back safely. You know what's funny to me? You know what's really fucking hilarious to me? About a year ago, we sat here and we watched a 14-year-old kid become a multimillionaire by by winning a fucking video game cons- contest. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Where the fuck is that? This is prime time for that shit. Why the <laughs> fuck haven't they, they 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 come out with these types of tournaments now? Let these pro athletes fucking that's far, that- NASCAR had the uh, had the VR thing that they were doing for a little bit. That's what they should have been doing, or something like that. Every you know what you know how many people watch other people play video games. It's freaking it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's you're talking ridiculous. about a time now where people are literally forced to stay home. Where let's be honest, that's where most video gaming happens. Of course. Well, you're seeing on on Barstool, you saw Big Cat how we started this whole uh, this whole thing. Uh, Doug Duggerton, like this fat head coach that's just going from School to school, winning national championship after national championship. Like, dude, this thing has exploded in popularity. All he's doing is playing like an old NCAA 2016 uh, football game from EA Sports or something like that. And he's created a whole backstory and stuff. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. But it just goes to show that, okay, you know, it's not how we remember it or how we want it to be. But let's adapt to this and let's find a way, you know, in the interim. Your own way possible. All I'm saying is, is that if you individualize people and you force them into a corner and you say you figure out a way to occupy your time, but you have to stay inside. It's a lot different from when you got something in common that you can actually shoot the shit with somebody about. And sports is that bubble. Sports yeah. is that common variable. So, again, don't look at the surface of it. Look at it. Look at it deeper, man. Look at it deeper from a city perspective, from a league perspective, from a country perspective. This country fucking needs sports. It does. A multi-trillion dollar industry. You can't – I mean schools now are fucking canceling sports programs. I saw USC canceled a bunch of shit. I know. I mean, dude, it's, it's going to be a ripple effect. And it's going to be economic based and it's going to be the fact that, you know, they just don't have the resources to ensure the safety of it. But right. 
But you know what? But even during an unprecedented time, like, look at us, man. Like, we've already went through, oh, my God, like two hours already. We've occupied our time. We've kept ourselves stimulated. We're talking ideas and stuff like that. We're sharing in a moment. This is, to me, something that helps in a situation like this that is affecting us like globally right now. Dude, that we can come together. Me, man. You don't got to tell me. The, honestly, a blessing in disguise. I mean, I had a daughter in December. So having the ability to be here and watch every single moment of her life unfold for the past six six plus months has been a blessing in disguise. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. And, I, you know, if, if, if I take anything away from this mess and this bullshit, then that's it. And, and it's the greatest experience that I've had in my entire life, watching her develop with my wife and and just being, you know, forced not you know, forced into a situation where we kind of had to, but, you know, really watching that and, and experiencing that when it could have been way different. I could have been on the road. I could have been traveling. I could have been forced to do other things that would have prevented me from experiencing every moment like this. But that's my story. That's my little bubble. From a community yeah. perspective, Miami in general, they deserve to talk about why the Marlins suck. They deserve <laughs> to talk about what happened to the Panthers on their playoff run. They deserve to look forward to what the fuck the Dolphins will do to fuck up a division that they, that's kind of up in the air right now. Yeah. Have that. They don't have that. We're doing well. They're, you know, who the hell knows what's going to happen with that. Look, man, all I'm saying is, is that as a community and Miami's by no means the greatest sports market. We all know that. No, that is a fact. I know. So, and and it's sad because it's a great town, and there's a lot of a lot of potential for sports here. But the eh, it's a party is town, it's destination a place. Town. You know, des- yeah. it's destination place. So people come here and they they bring their sport affiliations with them when they come and watch their mm-hmm. team. And Vegas is going to be the same way. Raider fans are all over the place, but you know, we saw it happen with hockey. A lot of, of a lot course. of fans like that was it. started well, making that, trips to Vegas just well, to go. The volume of people, exactly, and that's why it made sense. It was just surprising to me. It took this long to actually get like professional sports into Vegas because of the volume of people that are going in and out. It's an entertainment town, sure. you know, and that's what sports is. It's entertainment and everything. But all this to say, so man, they have they have everything is in close proximity in Vegas, and it's very uh, easy for you to find accommodations. Uh, Fly in and out is super simple, depending on where you are in the country, obviously. But it's a it's a very major hub. It's super close to California, so all of a sudden, you you, you know already you have 40 million people that are at your disposal. Exactly. Man, Vegas, in in our lifetime anyway, we've we've witnessed Vegas, you know, do a complete transition from mm-hmm. um, this this dark sin city to a family environment, and now evolving into a sports community. It's really awesome to mm-hmm. see, and I hope, I pray. That this bullshit on what's going on right now does not derail that because, yeah. you know, obviously I'm invested into it as as a season ticket holder and a PSL holder for the Raiders. Um, but I also I, it was awesome to see how quickly that that blossomed. And, you know, obviously the Knights' success in their first year didn't hurt. But you also saw what kind of element that that brings that town. And right. all the local businesses all jumped on the wagon. They all sat there and they they. They, they support the local team. It's awesome to see, man. And it's yeah. that that's the community thing that I'm talking about. You know, you got lawyers and, and you know, official official attorney of the fucking Golden Knights, you know, injured. Call this guy. And he's got a little Knights tie. <laughs> right. 
I mean, stupid yeah, things man. like that, man. It's you know, it's 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 commonality, and I, and that's what yeah. sports brings to a community is commonality. And, and that's it. If we get that I, back, I feel you. If we get that back, yeah. it will distract the other commonality that we are all forced to deal with, and that's the mm-hmm. stupid fucking virus and the stupid fucking election that's coming at the end of no in, in, in at the end of the year. So yeah. look, you know. Overall, I, I think that there's still a lot of answers left to be uh, to be made, a lot of questions left to be asked. And, you know, each day there seems to be certain developments and certain things that are changing. And, you know, I guess from our perspective, we're forced to sit back and watch and wait, yeah. see what the hell is going to happen. Baseball is slated to start opening day, I think, is the 23rd. So it's two weeks from today. So two weeks from today is going to tell a lot. It's going to tell a lot about where's people's where people's mind states are too. Are they going to tune yeah. in and watch an empty stadium with 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 guys batting the ball around? Maybe. I will. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch it because it's better than nothing, man. Like that's it. We take what we can get. And between you and me, and I think just to like you know wrap up this whole thing, like what you had said, very well said. You know, like yes, I do respect and acknowledge the whole community aspect and everything like that. But also, we're kind of dealing with a situation that's very unique in its own nature. So, yeah, for us to get the right information, to apply the right information, the right, uh, uh, the, right, the, the right workflows and stuff like that in order to ensure the safety of not just, uh, you know, the players and the coaching staffs and so on and so forth and everything, but also the fans eventually once they are granted the opportunity to come back and get back into a period of normalcy. And I think just in, in conclusion for this one and like for our first go around as far as this, uh, as far as this podcast is concerned, you know what? The sweet is never a sweet without experiencing the sour. So in my opinion, yeah, you know what? It went away for a little bit. I'm confident that it's going to come back. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take before we actually get back to what we know as being normal with the fan experience and stuff like that. But I do, and I am confident that we are going to get back and we are going to taste the sweet that is associated with kicking back, being an armchair GM, shooting the shit with you because you're an asshole, and stuff like that and getting back to a period of normalcy. But I think that just for, you know, the time being, we can, you know, get creative and do stuff like this. And yeah, and just like every, anyone else, whoever's going to be listening to this, like make, make this your time, you know, make this your time right now. Uh, like Mikey had said uh, before, you know, like getting to watch his daughter grow up and everything. Yeah, man, a lot of, lot of advantages that come from a negative situation. There are. Like even on my end, man, we strengthened my, uh, my relationship with my wife and everything, you know, learning, cooking, you know, just uh, reading, you know, absorbing and stuff hey, like man, that. She Buying wrote a book, dude. She wrote a book. She wrote a book. Yeah, do, she wrote a book and published it. So, like, yeah, man, book, man. Yeah, that's it, man. People have the power. Like, uh, that's it. And don't think that you're alone, whoever's listening out there. Bro, yeah, uh, do really, do man, a quick please. plug on the book. Yeah, that's <laughs> Mating Season, Lexi Silver. Lexi with an I, uh, Silver with a Y. Uh, LexiSilver.com. It's available on Amazon and Amazon Kindle and all that other good stuff as well. So yeah, yeah go and check it out. Yeah. Leave, leave encourage people to occupy their time. Hey, hey why not, man? <laughs> it's a page turner. There you go. There you go. All right, buddy. Well, listen, hey. I'm going uh, to wrap this up here, man. We got plenty more to talk about over, over the next little bit here as sports start to ramp up. But uh, as always, it's a pleasure. Your team suck. Go fuck yourself. And I love you so much, man. All right. The pleasure was all yours. And uh, you can always meet me down there. Down where? Down here. (laughs) Good times, my man. I can't wait to do this again. Yep. Have a good one.
Be good, brother.